Good morning, everyone. And it's morning for me. This is the Spiritual Underground Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan Reeves, uh, coming to you. If you've just bounced along this podcast, we're primarily 12-step recovery based, although we do explore other areas in which people uh, find their true selves. And uh, uh, most of this is spiritual growth and, uh, and right living. And uh, so if you're uh, at the bottom of that pile someplace, you've landed exactly in the right place. Uh, got a guest that's come back. Uh, I had him. It's almost been two years since I since you've been on the show. Last time I looked it up. Actually, I brushed up and did a little bit of a reminder uh, of what we talked about. So uh, we didn't double dip too bad. I'm not too worried about that. But uh, Brian is my guest today. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, Dan. How you been? I have been doing really good. It's been a little bit of a tough year in some areas, but you know that's just what this thing is. And uh, I think uh, these twelve steps, you know, it's it's pretty easy when you're smooth skating. The test of this is when it's not. <laughs> that's where this really comes in. Um, I'll just real quick, if you want to listen to part one of Brian's, uh, the first time he was on, it was episode two thirty four. So uh, go back if you uh, want to stop. I hear people on podcasts say, hit pause now. Go back and listen to that. <coughs> okay, now that you're back, now we'll we'll get going on today. <clears throat> so uh, most of my listeners know what's been going on with me, and I'll just brush up just a little bit on what's happened. Uh, I have a couple kids in my um, – she knows I talk about this, but my 18-year-old, now 18-year-old daughter, she was 17, came to me at the beginning of the year, and uh, she had been, uh, fell into the uh, Mexican pain pill hole. Those fentanyl-laced uh, pain pills are out on the streets today, and it's been, a, it's been, we've had good, just like within most people's recovery, we've had really good moments, and we've had really bad moments. Uh, it certainly could be worse, but she's stable and okay today and has been for since uh, mid-October anyway. So uh, <clears throat> that has been a challenge and another test to uh, recovery. You know, it's not like I'm going to go use because of that. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, my main thing in the past is I didn't know how to deal with stress at any level, really. You know, I have one tool to deal with stress. And and that was uh, you know some form of heading towards oblivion, <laughs> yeah, no and, kidding. Uh, walking through this stuff. So that's just a. Otherwise, man, things have been going good. Work's going good. Handyman and woodworking businesses keeps on rocking. Keep on doing these podcasts. Keep on staying plugged into twelve step fellowship. Uh, we've had a we lost a member this year, forty six year old guy Marshall to cancer, and uh, so and we're getting ready. We've got another guy named Fred who is. Uh, I got a text last night, so everybody out there, yeah, say a prayer for Fred. Uh, that his wife sent a note that he's in his, you know, final time. But just, uh, but he's an old guy. He he lived a good long life and uh, got sober late in life, and so the last I think he's thirteen years sober, something like that. And uh, you know, to watch a guy go through what he's going through with dignity and uh, still showing up at the meetings and still. You know, uh, thank God we have Zoom today because that's exactly why, like, Fred can keep on coming to his home group for as long as possible uh, and continue to attend meetings. And uh, he's been there every step of the way. Uh, just I think he just celebrated 13 uh, just a month or two ago. So um, life carries on life on life's terms. Uh, 
What have you been up to? What's been going on in your well, I haven't Really, I haven't been up to much. I mean, I'm trying to remember back from two years ago uh, where we had been, uh, things we had discussed. And uh, well, I know that uh, in one part of it that that I, that actually did slip my mind for a minute is that uh, you had just been deemed one year free, cancer free. Yep. Still, still, still on that. Awesome. No good. With that. You know, uh, that's kind of, that was the prolonged part as to, uh, why I went in for what I just went in for it. It, you know, had this hip replaced is cause you know, uh, that was the, the thing that started all this. Uh, I don't know if we got into that story or, well, obviously we did to the, uh, to the, to the past we did, but I kind of wondered because you were talking in that show, you were talking about sore hips. You know, yeah, and you were talking about a sore back and stuff. And then, you know, I now I know I've watched you on, you know, staying in touch on Facebook and stuff. I saw that that eventually ended up or I'm, my guess is, is that those two things are somewhat tied together. Yeah, they. Uh, so just to backtrack a little bit, uh, what. What led to this was in, in the cancer issue was the fact that. But the job I was working at the time, we had had somebody show up trying to enter our, our resort illegally and uh, drove over me with his car to gain access. He was drunk and high and everything else. And uh, when I went in for x-rays for my hip, that's when they found the cancer part. Mm. So I ended up having to go through that. And then just the prolonged put off of that and walking on this hip, not really because we, I didn't go back in to find out how bad it was. And you know, the neuropathy got so bad, you know, my leg was going dead. My, you know, I couldn't hardly walk. And by the time I got to the end of that journey, uh, it got to an orthopedic uh, surgeon. It got to the point where I couldn't hardly walk at all. I was missing, you know, I was going into work. Uh, thank God for a great team that I had with me that, you know, they're just like Brian Parkett. Cause I, I, I literally could not, some nights could not just get out and walk and do what I needed to do. And uh, my boss had had both of his knees done by this guy, had uh, spinal stenosis done by this guy, and really just pushed me into it. And I, Mark and I joke to this day that, you know, him and my wife conspired uh, mm. because it was just shoving me in and shoving me in. And by the time I got in to see this guy, it had already gone arthritic. There was no cartilage left. It was bone on bone. The, the ball part of it had chips out of it. Uh, my pelvic girdle had developed these healthy cysts in, in it to stabilize it. And it, the first like three quarters of an inch of that, of the, the joint, uh, had calcified itself just to keep my pelvis from shattering. And that's how bad it had gotten. Wow. And pushed it to the point to where it was just a complete and total hip replacement. So they went in, uh, if you don't know about this, they went in, they cut the bone off, they drove uh, the titanium down in the remaining bone, uh, up in the pelvic girdle, took a hammer, put in a piece of metal, put in plastic, put in ceramic, popped the joint all back together. I think I was in and out of surgery in an hour and a half. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, they woke me up, went into recovery, they woke me up. They said, we need two things from you. You got to be able to walk and you got to be able to go to the bathroom. They brought a walker in. 
said bathrooms down at the end of the hall. They had somebody from PT with me, walked down the end of the hall, went to the bathroom, walked back. They're like, okay, we're going to show you how you put your shoes and socks on now. Uh, and I was in a wheelchair going out the door. Wow. That's incredible. That is super yeah. incredible. So, you know, home with a ton of prescription drugs and, uh, off to, and yeah, I was in, let's see, that was November the 8th. And I think I was in physical therapy by the 13th hmm. and going and working this hip and, uh, you know, the joint aspect of it is great. I have no issues. You know, the, the hip works fine. Uh, the issues that came in after it was where they put the tourniquet across the middle of my thigh, cranked it down to help stop the bleeding, uh, bruised the thigh pretty bad. And then the, uh, which is and some people come through this with no problem. I don't want to paint a bad picture because I'm telling you now the guy that did this, it was awesome. I've been back to see him twice since then. Uh, everything he did was perfect. It's just the trauma from the surgery. I mean, uh, I refuse to, cause the guys at work are like, oh man, I went and looked this up on YouTube and everything. Have you seen this? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not getting into the psychosomatic part of this. No, All no, I no. want this guy to tell me is, is I, it went in, it's great. It's in a perfect spot. Here's what you need to do and move on from there because I just didn't want to see it. Yeah. And, no. but the, the trauma from the surgery left a lot of fluid <laughs> and, uh, swelling in it. You know, which again, some people come through it great. Some people not so much. And that's what therapy's for. But the, you know, walking has been fine. Uh, I graduated from a walker to a cane. I'm independent, have been independently walking, you know, for about two weeks, a little over two weeks now. Uh, but I've got trigger points in it, ranging from where the incision is down through the middle of my quad. Uh, that keeps trapping from time to time the uh, femoral nerve, which if you don't, people don't know, comes out of your hip, goes to the right, and then goes angles to the left across the center of your quad towards your knee. And what it does is the, those trigger points or knots that are in the muscle tissue and everything will trap that nerve, and then it kind of kind of makes my knee go dead. So mm. it's just getting going through th therapies, gone from exercises to build strength to deep tissue massages. Uh, we started doing, uh, if people aren't familiar, it's kind of like a form of acupuncture, dry needling mm -hmm. to where they'll take a needle and drive it down into the muscle tissue until that knot will spasm and, and go away. And I'll tell you what, two weeks ago, uh, you talk about it, whew, uh, wake you up. I have one that's in the top of the right side of my butt. And that needle she showed me was eight inches deep into, into my rear end. She goes, here's how far in I am, just to let you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I could have done without that. Yeah, right. And, you know, but again, these are the processes you go through. And, you know, you just, you, you lay there, grit your teeth and do what you got to do to get through it. I mean, it's not really, you never feel it going in. It's when it gets into that knot and uh. they have to manipulate that knot. And you can feel it. It sometimes it will tighten up worse, uh, and it makes the it exasperates the whole situation. It'll light mm. the knee up. It'll light the leg up. It's gone all the way down into my foot, but then it releases, and it's just a way to make those knots shrink. You know, because again, it was so deep in that they couldn't get into it. I mean, when she first started, she could get into it with her thumbs. Then she went to her fist, to her elbow, 
but now it's down the end that deep and i got one in my quad that keeps showing up like that and then you know i got them doing it i got thank god for my loving wife who has put up with me uh through this because i am a monumental pain in the butt when this stuff goes on <laughs> and you know tracy's been doing this she's been uh working my leg two and three times a day you know away from therapy just to try to keep this to try to keep it loose and keep it going yeah so i mean you know it, 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 it it's not it's not been majorly difficult but it's at its trying times with it you know we're on the back side of the real trying times because uh you know you you want to be independent but you can't and as you start to grow towards your independence uh it becomes frustrating for the people that are trying to help you because they mm. see you doing uh scares them you know and but it just it becomes a little trying at times but you know you get through it yep yep you know uh there's so many things in life you know the recovery path the same way you kind of have to have some uh tough spots to get to the good and that's the same thing here you're going to have a rough spot to get through and those things get easier and easier and easier and better i know a lot of people that have had hip plants for implants from from elderly people to i had a uh, i haven't seen him in a while but he was 32 and uh and his hip started degenerating at that age and had uh hip transplants you know and at that time they did one at a time they did one and let it heal and then yeah. I did the other one. And then I know some people, when I was at a lady's house, a customer the other day that uh, I don't remember exactly what her timeline was, but she was probably in her, I bet she was 75 or someplace in that neighborhood. And she said that, you know, uh, eight weeks ago, I just had a hip transplant and she was walking on her own. She was being gentle as she moved about. Uh, but I was like, wow. Uh, that's in, you know, she was talking about how well she happened to recover. So, you know, there's that whole scale too, and they don't really know how your particular machine is going to react yeah. to any, all the trauma that happens. Cause that definitely is, uh, and, and I wouldn't want to see it either. There's no way I'm looking that up on the internet or having any knowledge no. of that. You know, I don't go studying transmissions when I take my car to the shop either. No. Uh, <laughs> just to, uh, fix it. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, like I said, the more difficult time really came in about two to three weeks afterwards. But then after that, it's been smooth sailing. You know, uh, they they've released me to go back to the gym to work out, you know, but they're like, you got to cut weight. You've got this is where you can't stress these things. And, you know, you had I had a little setback with that because of the, the pressure and the, the fluid buildup in the hip two days back to back, put pressure on that spot. And, you know, it laid me down for two days. It, it, not that I pushed it or anything like that, but it was the hip was the not the hip itself, but the pressure and everything in the area just wasn't ready for that. And mm -hmm. it just, it, and, you know, PT was like, hey, look, it'll let you know. It'll scream at you and tell you what you need to do. The exercises went great. Everything was fine. I laid down that night and then I went to get up the next morning and I just looked at Tracy. I was like, I can't hardly move. You know, and where I was independently walking, it was back to the cane. It was to steady myself because, you know, like the surgeon said, he goes, hey, look, here's the deal. I have no restrictions on you. There are none. You, you go live your life. He goes, the only thing I don't need you to do, don't fall. He mm. goes, you fall, we're back in it, and you're not going to like it. So, you know, again, you know, there's times in your life where you don't want to follow the instructions. You don't want to follow the orders, but you know the outcome. Well, nowadays, 
thank God, you know, the outcome of things by playing the tape to the end, you know, that, you know, I'm going to do what I'm told to do. And because I don't want to be on the other side of this, you know, back in the day, couldn't convince any of us of that, you know, I'm going to go do what I do. I know what you're telling me, but you know what? Don't care. I know better than you. Well, now that I have grown up over the past 13 years that it's, you know, I incorporate a lot of it into it, you know, with this, you know, Tracy knows how hard-headed I am. She knows, you know, how difficult I can be. And we talked and I said, look, I know what you think I'm going to do with this, but I'm telling you now, I'm going to earn your trust in this. I'm going to show you and prove to you that I'm going to do this the way I'm supposed to do it. And that's what I've done all along. Well, I lied bumped heads about two weeks in because I tried to be majorly independent. She's just looking at me going, well, you can't do this. You can't scare me like this. You can't put me in this position. You know, this is how this needs to be done. And I just looked at her and went, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I'm wrong in this and I will go forward doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, just to, to tell the whole story, it started out because she even told the kids, she goes, do not let dad come out of grocery shop. The rehab people had given me a, a little goodie bag that had some ice packs and some stuff in it advertising their company. But I'll always keep a bunch of waters stacked on my nightstand, you know, so I don't have to get up. And so I dumped everything out of that bag and I'm still on the walker and I come out and I'm putting water bottles in this bag knowing good and well I'm not supposed to be doing this. And she's sitting on the couch. She goes, what do you think you're doing? See, here I think I'm being independent, not making her babysit me and everything, when, in fact, not taking somebody else's feelings into consideration. I'm scaring the bejesus out of her by doing stuff I'm not supposed to be doing, potentially, because, man, my legs were not up under me at this point. You know, I was like a pig on stilts. I was still trying to find my way around and get my balance and everything else. And then I'm putting this extra and it doesn't sound like much, but you pile about eight water bottles in a bag and it throws your balance off. And she's just like, you can't do this. You know, it really upset her. And again, you think you're doing a good thing when you're not, you know. Yeah. So, again, on the backside of having grown up going through this program, you sit down and you talk about it. You know, it's like, hey, look, here's here's what I did. I'm sorry. This will never happen again. And ever since then, we've been on easy street with it, you know, and just trying to mind my P's and Q's and, you know, get to it the way I need to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, here are a couple of things, you know, that, that it ain't all about you. You got to take other people's uh, feelings. and. Yep into consideration and I need to follow the instructions. And that's something I didn't know how to do in the past. Uh, matter of fact, that's the thing that like you tell me one thing and I was the, you know, I, I, I knew better. I could, I knew how to do it, not your way. And, uh, today I can, you know, and those are just a little intangibles. You know, we talk about, we get in here and we do this work and we get sober and get that monkey off our back. And that's like the big thing, right? But all these little living tools that come in along the way, uh, that just become, you know, that working part of your mind that you start, uh, following directions and start caring about other people's feelings and, yeah. uh, all, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, what about the, like, you know, the mental side of it, the mind games that you it, in your head. It's there's been that ebb and flow, you know, not even going to lie about that. You know, uh, 
and again, with the support system I got with her in this house, it is, is amazing in things that I've not had in my life before that, you know, I, when you want to do and you can't do when you're used to doing and you're being so independent and you're being the, you know, the go-to person and being the strong one all the time. And then all of a sudden that's just take it. It's taken away from you. it really is. And the, you know, I've had four or five setbacks mentally on this because you just can't do it. And it makes you feel like you're three years old and, you know, seriously, when you can't put on your own shoes and socks, because your body will not let you do things and you lay there and then there's a grown woman putting your shoes and socks. And we used to, and the funny thing is, is we used to joke about this when it was getting really bad. I'd come home from work. She'd be waiting up for me and I'd go to take my boots off and everything. And she's like, you want me to do that? And I'm like, no. And I would try to make a joke about it and go, no, there's going to be plenty of time for that later. Well, uh-huh. when later got, when later got here, it really wasn't that funny. Mm-hmm. You know, when you cannot literally bend over to pick up stuff or you can't kneel down in the floor to pick up stuff, uh, it makes you feel real helpless. And when you're like I've been so active in in life and everything and then suddenly you can't, it takes its mental toll on you. It really does. It'll put you in a state of depression and break you down real quick. That's exactly and, what I'm asking about. <laughs> yeah. And it. Before, not even going to lie, before where I've been with this in the the state of mind that it put me in, yeah, I was looking for the nearest drink I could get my hands on just to escape from it. Can't can't even lie about it. But now, after 13 years, it's it's she would look at me and go, what's wrong with you? And I would go, seriously, you really want to know and sit her down on the edge of the bed and go, here's here's where I'm at. Here's how this is making me feel. This is exactly how weak I feel. This is how I feel like I'm a child. I feel like I'm a, I'm a pain in the butt to you. I feel like I'm adding extra stress to your life that you've got to come in and do this simple minor stuff with me uh, where you shouldn't have to. And her reminding me going, hey, look, here, are we not a partnership? Or, this is what I'm here for. This is why we talked about it this at the beginning for you to be able to depend on me and take care of you because we knew this was going to happen. And it, it gets you to the other side pretty quickly, not as quickly as we want, obviously, but it gets you where you need to be really quick when you can open up about your feelings. You can talk about this with somebody and get this off of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it helps you move ahead real quick. So, I mean, has it been there? Yes. Has it been long lasting? No. You know, it, it's just you work your way through it the right way now. Yep. Instead of stuffing it and uh, I'm okay and trying to yeah. man up and all the baloney that goes with that, you know, I'm all for I, I'm all for manhood. I like manhood and we should be <laughs> strong, tough, independent, take care of business, but you need that outlet too, in order for the balance of having, especially, I mean, uh, to be healthy period, you know, uh, and I'm not, I'm not in a relationship. And to be honest, I've learned to do that with my sponsor, you know, yeah. me and him are our outlets to one another to where we can, you know, get the stuff out that maybe you wouldn't want to talk about at the, you know, the baseball field or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, this, it, it really did. It, it, you know, it changed the whole dynamic of the household 
it really did. I mean, the kids have never seen me down before. And, you know, the pitching in and the help that came from everybody in the household, you know, uh, they mid teenager at age now is, uh, yeah, they are, they are now, uh, they, their birthdays are December the 9th and December the 19th. So the oldest is 14 and the twins are 13. Yeah. So they've never, you know, in the seven years we've been down here, they've never seen me down. Yeah. And this was just like, holy crap, you know, he can't do, he can't move. And, you know, they're bringing ice packs from the freezer and the, Hey, do you need me to get this? Do you need me to get that? And, uh, where I can't sit, you know, I was basically bedridden for a while. So I was eating out of here and everything else. And, you know, like, Hey, we'll bring your food to you and everything else. And, you know, everybody's just pitching in to get to the other side. And, you know, when you've got that in your home, it's really a great thing, you know? Yep. Yep. And, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it still lingers on to this day, even though I'm independent. Hey, you need me to get that for you? You want me to pick that up? You want me to, you know, I got it. I got it now. <laughs> I appreciate the help. If I need it, you know, that was the thing. The youngest boy, Preston, he's been in the gym with me. He decided he wanted to take that next step in life. And, hey, dad, can I come in and start working out with you? And I'm like, yeah. So when they were off on Thanksgiving break, I'd already, and I mean, I know that's pretty quick, you know, November the 8th to uh, the week before Thanksgiving, I was already back in. They're like, you can do upper body exercises and all that. So I took him in, rode him up stuff. And when here's what we're going to do, he's in there putting my shoes on, you know, and he's helping set me up because I couldn't yeah. fully bend over to pick up stuff. He's straining to pick up stuff to hand it to me. So there's that bond in there going on, yeah. you know, and uh, like I said, it's, it, it for the most part it's been a real positive experience yeah yep and you know that you're you're doing somebody a favor when you allow them to help you <laughs> that you're actually helping them uh and we do that you know that again i'm sure that's the same with you that's not your default position your default position is i got this yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's just you know you you learn and you grow by doing all of this and it's you know like I said, I walked out of there with a, a pharmacy full of drugs and everything. And mm -hmm. Drugs were never my thing. And yeah, all that. But, that. Again, but again, I turned around and I gave it all to Tracy. I went, here you go. And she's looking at this going, holy crap. And she's acting, there's so many of them. She's actually writing all this stuff down mm -hmm. because it's some are four hours, some are eight hours, some are six hours, some are once a day. You know, and just try trying to keep up and keep track. And, and that's a part know. of recovering from something like this. You know, you got that the body doesn't heal under the stress that pain causes, and you heal better with something to bring yeah. that level down. And it's just, you know, I'm like, here, I'm like, I'm not even going to touch this stuff. This is all you, you know, uh, you tell me when, and, you know, and then, you know, slowly been weaning myself off of it. Uh, the painkiller aspect of it, that's that stuff started out real heavy. That was uh, three times a day and it was a lot of it. And then it got to the point to where I couldn't function. I mean, mm. some of this stuff that they got me on uh, for the nerve pain and all that, uh, it'll put you in a coma. It really oh, will. And I got to where I was just like, you know, during the day, I've got to be able to be alive. I got to be able to function. So I started shutting some of this stuff down. And just taking it at night, you know, because believe it or not, you know, you can, I don't know about you, but I can't sleep on my back. I'm not that kind of guy. 
And this was, you have to sleep on your back. You cannot roll over. You cannot, you know, because the, the tendons, the ligaments, the muscles are not where they need to be. Uh, you roll over, this thing could pop out. And, and I'm just I'm looking at Tracy. I'm like, got to be in a coma at night, you know? Yep. So I yep. and got, you gotta pillows, get your rest. Yeah, I got pillows set up in the bed and everything. So I can't move and, you know, pump myself full of drugs and drop out to the point to where I cut everything down to where, uh, like I said, painkillers and stuff were just at night. And it's just using them for rest. Yeah, it's just okay. I know what this is going to do to me. This is how I'm going to get through the uncomfortability of nighttime. Yep. So, and that's when your body does a whole lot of the healing because everything oh. else is shut down. You know, there's the, everything else is brought down to the to to a stable level, and then what's left can actually help you heal. Yeah, the, you and the prayer rest, work. In trouble. Yeah, and the prayer work on this has been phenomenal. It's I'll bet. Like, you know, it's just like. Please, you know, just please get me through this. Yeah. You know, please get me through another day. Please, you know, in, in everything. And I know people think that this is is funny and everything else, but it's you know, when you're going, please don't let me be a pain in the butt. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you know, help me get not just help me get through this, help my family get through this. Uh, you know, help me be a reasonable person. Help me function on on a level to where I don't stress the rest of my family out. You know, it's all you know. It is not so much about me as about them. You know, and you get away from the the I me mind, the selfish, self centered part of it. But you know that comes into play a little bit. You know, because we're human. You're, yeah, you're, that's what I was going to say. You're you're a human being. You've got your own thoughts, feelings, and emotions with this stuff, but it's not about me. It's not about I, but to a degree, it's how I come across, how I do things, how I stress other people out that you want help with. You know, the healing's going to come. You know, if you do the work, just like, you know, the prayer work and everything else. If you do the work on this, you do the exercises at home, you go to therapy, you do what you're supposed to do. The healing's going to come. The body will respond if you're doing the right thing. Yep. Follow and, the directions. Yeah. And, you know, uh, before, <laughs> you know, I've been through major injuries before I was in this program. Did I listen to anything? No. You know, yes, you can do to this degree. Well, if they, they're telling me I can do this to this degree, I know there's that cushion built in. So I'm going to push it a little bit further. You know, this one, Dan, I'm telling you now, like I told Tracy, when I said, I'm going to build your trust on this. If they say this is what you can do, that's all I'm doing. This one, this one scared me. Yeah. You know, yeah. when it immobilized the stakes are high. Me, this, yeah. When this one immobilized me this bad, this one scared me. And to this day, as I'm sitting here with you right now, I'm still afraid of it. Mm-hmm. The crash came, and I told this to the, to the team I work with, the crash came, I think it was the day, at, no, two days after, because when I left the hospital, they wheeled me out in a wheelchair. I, I was so jacked up on pain meds and everything else. I was like, this is going to be a piece of cake. Yeah. You know, I got out, you know, the picture I put on Facebook and everything. That was me literally taking five steps from the vehicle after surgery going, this is not going to be a problem at all. You know, got in the house, fine, talked to the kids, laughed, joked, came in, sat in the bed. But reality hit. All them nice little hospital drugs wore off and the pain set in. Mm -hmm. 
and and I was just like, oh my god. And then it was I got up and I really couldn't walk that well. And I'm like, what the what? And I sat down and I went, okay, you need to tell me what I need to do. Talking to the man upstairs, I'm like, because when I got home, it was A. Now it's B. And then you start thinking, what did I do wrong? You know, all I've done is lay in the all I've done is lay in the bed. What did I do? Did I move wrong? Has this gone sideways already? And that was the first real psychic challenge that came in with this. And, but, you know, I said that, you know, when I got into the, you know, I'm telling Tracy, Hey, look, here's where I'm at. And then I said, I'm going to ask all these questions when I get to therapy, because I need to normalize this. I need to know if something's wrong, if I've done something right. And, you know, again, normal open communication is not a thing for people like us. It's mm-hmm. the whole, I got this. So when I got to therapy, I sat down and went, okay. Here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I'm going through. Is this normal? And they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to feel A, B, and C, and, you know, just don't do X, Y, Z, and you're going to be fine. And I'm like, okay, but still you walk out of there and go, this still doesn't feel right. And one of the, uh, you know, I was talking about the swelling and the trigger points and all that. It got to a point to where I actually did call the surgeon's office and went, hey, I know I'm due in, you know, late December, but here's where I'm at and we got to do something different with this. Uh, PTs want me to move on. I can't move on. What do we do? They're like, okay, let's bump you up. They bumped me up two weeks, brought me in. The surgeon himself actually came in. And this is how personable this guy is. He wants the best for his patients and everything. And pardon the language and everything. I'm in there with my wife and his assistant and everything. He comes walking in. We're shaking hands, laughing, joking. He goes, okay, show me your ass. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, you going to buy me dinner first? He goes, nope, I want to see it. So, you know, you show him the scar and everything, and he's touching and feeling. He looks at the x-rays. He goes, Brian, everything is perfect. And he goes, tell me what PT wants. And I was like, well, they want to put me on these heavy-duty anti-inflammatories and some this step-down steroid pack and everything to get this to move on. And he's like, I'm good with it. He goes, let's let's go ahead and move you on. He goes, the swelling's really good. You know, it shouldn't be there at this point. He said, so, yeah, let's do this. Let's move you ahead. So I went through that series of drugs, and it all it, it took off like gangbusters. You know, some of the swelling is back now that my body's weaned. I've, I've been off that for like a week. Some of it's returned, but it pushed me ahead and got me in a good enough spot to where we can do the things that need to be done now. So, again, applying things with this program to try to get you through your life, you know, if you, if you don't do it, you're going to fail. And again, people think, you know, following instructions is a bad thing. It's not. You got to do what you got to do. And it's whether it's recovery or day-to-day life, you got to do what you got to do to get you through to the other side. Yep. yep. And if not, you're going to fail. And, you know, again, I've got, you know, it, it's funny you know, you get out there in the real world and you get to doing the things, you know, on the day to days. And, you know, but I've changed jobs in the past two years. Uh, I got back and, and I won't mention the company names and everything, but I went back uh, to where I started when I got down here in Florida. 
and landed the, the job I always wanted. Hmm. So uh, I've been working that and I was on the grave shift and I met some really, really uh, two guys to start with. And then a third one came in later. And it's amazing how you can sit down with other people and spread a message, you know, and these guys that are going, that have been through their own traumatic experiences in life and don't know how to deal with it. And, uh, sitting down at two, three, four in the morning and having these two and three and four hour conversations and you know, one of them, uh, Matt Norman, uh, I have, I spoke to these guys and say, Hey, I'm getting ready to do this podcast and everything. And, and again, I want permission. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to de- you know, delve into people's past, but you know, Matt, when I came back to this company, Matt and I met up and I'd known Matt for just a little bit of time before I left. And, uh, he became my mentor hmm. and in sitting and, t- and he got me, if it wasn't for Matt, I wouldn't be where I'm at with this job. Matt set me down and said, here's how you do this. Here's how you get through the doors. Here's how you navigate the minefield. Here's how you get what you want. And it got me there. And now in with us being peers and us sharing the military background in, in the traumatic experiences and all that, Matt has sat down with me and came, came out with, I don't know how to handle some of this stuff. You know, and now it's turned into, well, Brian, you're mentoring me. Mm. And these guys don't know that, uh, again, this is our choice to tell, you know, our stories and all that. And whether we're in the program or not, it, this is going to bridge a gap with me and Matt because I'm going to pass him this podcast. Mm. And Matt doesn't know I'm in the program. And now he's going to find out. And, and I want him to find out because he's asking me where I get this knowledge from and how I can be the way that I am. Yeah. And he goes, I've never known how to handle this. I don't know how to, he goes, how do you talk about this stuff? How do you talk about your problems like this? And I said, it gets real easy. You get your ego out of the way and you become a very humble human being with things and it quits being about you. I said, it starts being about everybody else because the teams I work with out there, he goes, Brian, he goes, I don't know how you foster and build these relationships with these people as quickly as you do. And I said, it's real easy. It's all about them. I said, it ain't about me. I'm where I need to be. I'm put in a position where I now can help other people on all kinds of levels, whether it's just the job experiences, people that let you into their personal lives and their trials and tribulations that that they come to you, they gravitate towards you for a reason and you sit down and you spend the time with them and you talk with them and you help them get through the other side. I mean, I've helped people with their medical problems to simple paperwork problems at work to, you know, a guy that's going through a God awful divorce after 20 Mm. plus years that hit him out of nowhere. And this guy is still, you know, even though I'm off and technically not supposed to be having contact with people still reaching out going, Hey, I got a problem here. I got a problem there. And you sit down, you share your experience, your strength and hope with these people and help them out. But, you know, 
with Matt, it's turned into, he said, we were texting back and forth the other day. He goes, now you're mentoring me. Mm. How cool is that? You know, and it is, and you know, between him and, you know, uh, Jerry Dunmire, Jerry is a great friend. Jerry realized that I didn't have a lot of working knowledge in a lot of areas at work. And he used to be a trainer and he sat down with me and helped pump me up further. And one night it just broke with him. And he's like, Hey, look, I need to share something with you. And he got really deep into his personal life. And, you know, you're sitting there shocked and, uh, I wanted to come out and tell Jerry then, hey, look, I get it because here's where I'm at. I just, after being that new and meeting somebody that early, you're still working on that trust factor. So I'm like, I don't know if I really feel comfortable enough. But again, I'm getting ready to come out with this with all the guys, you know, and go, hey, look, you know, I hope this doesn't change your your you know thought process because we always have that fear. Yep. You know, yeah. that when people find out where we are, where we've been, what we've done, that the judgment factor is going to come in and it's going to change people's perception. And, yep. you know, and so, again, you know, being able to share this stuff with Jerry and Jerry's like, look, I don't know if you know this or not, but I really look up to you. Here's a guy that's been doing this job for, you know, like a year and a half. And I walk in the door within a couple of months and he's like, I really look up to you. Really? How's that work? You know, I'm the new kid on the block. How's that work? He's like, I just watch how you work. I watch what you do. And, you know, Dan, 13 years ago, I guarantee you these guys wouldn't have wanted to have a not a thing to do with the individual I was before. You know, and it's just it, it's amazing the trend, the, you know, the transitions you go through in life. Yep, It is amazing. And, you know, and some kind of like glow on people that operate with this you know and that's what those people see somehow or another you know and then people will end up like it's a common thing to have uh be i've had it happen to myself and it's a common thing that where these strangers will open up to you at a level that is beyond what normally happens you know uh, yeah. i go a handyman and i go in people's houses and i fix stuff for them and it's amazing what people will say <laughs> to me while it i'm is. just the damn handyman coming in there fixing the faucet uh and and then once in a while the ones come out you know and they talk you know it, uh having trouble with a son or a brother-in-law or uh, somebody who's got substance issues and, and and sometimes it's just life you know it is. they feel safe enough we put off an aura that feels safe enough that these people can do that vulnerability thing and release something you know and uh, maybe they don't have any you know, a lot of people don't have somebody to talk to it, you know, it, it, yeah, you're right. And, you know, it's, you know, in, in the third guy, uh, John Avant, John, I helped get in to the job and mm. you know, got him moved up in John's a military guy like me. And he's, uh, a little, you see the, you see the common thing there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's several years younger than me. And I cannot tell you the conversations that me and this young man have sat down and had in a parking lot at nights, you know, and he's just like, Brian, I don't know how to do it. And I, you know, I try this, just try this. Well, where do you get this from? Just don't worry about that right now. Just try this. And, you know, comes back later and goes, yeah, you know, I, I sit down and I talked and I tried and I was like, John, I was like, again, this all stops being about us. 
this starts being about the people around us. This starts being about more about your family and knowing when to admit you're wrong and knowing to how to remove your ego and knowing how to take those steps with somebody else, you know, and putting yourself last. And I was like, the sooner we can do that, the better off we are. Yeah. Or at least that's what I self-centeredness. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like, so just try it and see where you land. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, I come back, go, yep. You know what? You're right. You're right. Where and, he, and again, he goes, where do you get all of them? Be patient. Time will tell. You know, again, I don't want anybody listening to this to have the misconceptions that I'm ashamed of being in the program and everything like that. I'm not. It's just when you're new at something and you're coming in and these people gravitate to you again, it's about trust and it's about who you tell. And we have that right not to, but you know, it's time after I've built these relationships with these men to go, Hey, look, here's the deal. Y'all have asked all these questions. Here's how I got where I'm at. Here's where I've got this knowledge from. Here's, here's where I've gotten the help from. Here's how I've done this. Try it. Give it a shot. Yep. And they've seen you demonstrating it. So they've seen that, you know, they've witnessed a demonstration of these principles, whether if they totally realize that or not. And, uh, then, and they trust you to give it a try. It's really pretty simple stuff. You know, I mean, it's not like groundbreaking, uh, (laughs) stand on my toe and stick my pinky finger in my ear and spin around three times. And uh, it's, uh, it's to some extent, it's some basic life tools that just frankly, I have a great mom and dad, but I, I I either missed it or I wasn't taught it. I'm not sure which one, you know, this stuff that's, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't pick up living tools or effective living tools along my journey. I think a lot of that gets blocked out by the experiences we have. And, you know, it's pretty uh, common, you know, you've got that commonality with you and those guys. So that breaks down some walls, right? Because if you would not yeah. have that common background, they probably wouldn't be quite as uh, open to listening to what you have. And that straight up thing is just as real as can be. I, li- I told you last time I eat up military podcast, man, uh, people, recent soldiers, you know, people that's been doing that last 20 years of that stuff and, uh, that transition to coming back here from what they were turned into and then, then got to come back and be a citizen is no easy road. No, it's say not. The least. You know, for anybody out there that thinks that that transition in the, it's not just the physical time as you go through, uh, it, it's more the mental. It really is. And, you know, that was a lot that I want to say that was 85 to 90 percent of my issue. You're like changing environmental conditions, atmospheric. It's a different atmosphere here than here. It's different. You know, you, you, you when you come to the realization that you got a problem, it's too late. You know, because you're you you get into that and you get into that mode and and you said it earlier, it's like, you know, I got this. I can do I can handle this. And because that's what's drilled into you. There is no failure. You you you're in it to win it. And you know, up up to and including your life being on the line. And uh when you step away from that, that's the only thing you've known how to do. And that's the only way you know how to function. And that environment is just not there. It's yeah. just not. And then you try to get help 
and then all of a sudden the bureaucratic red tape comes involved and you know they want to scrutinize every letter of the alphabet when you're talking and it just you get frustrated with it and there's we just got to do better by our veterans i'm not going to get into that we deep do dive. we just we uh, really do. we do it feels like there's a tide turning i'm not sure just by listening to the guys talking there's a lot of veterans that are saying you know screw this i will begin a organization that's going to start doing this and stop yep. waiting on them and there's a whole bunch of those things going on where guys just take the bulls by the horns and start set up uh nonprofits and and taking care of business you know but there's just a lot of veterans and in that whole that whole big crippling thing that we have about asking for help you know part of it's half a piece of it is having help available uh, yeah, a bigger piece of it is getting guys like you and me to say, help me. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the, that really, that's where it all comes down to getting out of your own way and being able to take that first fear filled step of going, I got to have help. Yep. My I way's broken. It. My way don't work. I got to have help with this. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and the realization that ultimately it ain't me. It's the yeah. people I'm affecting. The family, yep. my kids, my people that are in my perimeter that I'm uh, I'm destroying with my attitudes and behaviors. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, it's 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 been an adventurous two years, you know, a lot. Again, a lot of positive things with, it, you know, have have, have gone on in my life. And uh, again, this little physical detriment that i'm going through right now is just a bump in the road yep exactly you know, I'll, I'll be back on you know i am back on my feet but figuratively speaking i'll be you know this all comes to a close on january 29th you know i'll be back on the job january the 30th and god willing and the creek don't rise and nothing goes sideways between now and then uh everything everything's where it should be right now as long yeah. as I don't get in it, try to fix, manage, and control it, and screw it up, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, but you know, we, you know, we we talked a lot the last time, and I think we left off with, uh, and and you just brought it up because that that's what brought the memory forward was the uh, the parenting aspect of all this, and you know. I'm not going to necessarily sit down and, and blame mine for this. Uh, I just didn't have a whole lot of support in that area. Let's put it like that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to point fingers at, at, at certain things, but when you partially end up raising yourself and you're in part of the, the madness environment uh, growing up, it really doesn't help things. You know, mm -hmm. and it, it, it puts you on that, or at least I felt like it kind of put me on that, that path to start with because of what I was around while I was being raised. And the things that you see by the people that are raising you that you think is cool and you think is fun. And then when you get to that area in your life where you can step out there on your own, you go, okay, well, you know, and, and again, I'm not going to use names in, in, where it seems like I'm belittling family members and things like that, but you see what they were doing. You go, okay, well then that's me. I can do this. People you idolize and things like that as you're a child and coming up, you know, to me, it kind of started lighting that fuse early on in life, you yep. know, 
And then as things progressed in life and traumas and, and issues happened, and that start, it goes from the fuse being lit to that your coping mechanism, you know. And I think that's just where it all, that plus where we discussed before military experience, I think that's where that just landed me in the middle of the madness and just didn't know how to yep. get out of it. And there's a genetic disposition for a lot of us too. You know, it's, it was, it's, it's oh, I, Dennis, I, I, man. That's what I mean. When you light that fuse, then uh, it takes off. And when you get those other environmental things around you, I almost think it's just a crash course. It's almost a destiny. You know, again, it is. you got the, the, the genetic disposition and then growing up in this crazy world and those two things collide at some point, you're going to find that thing that works to turn that off. And you really didn't have a choice in the matter. That's another thing yeah. about, you know, alcoholics come in here and want to, addicts and alcoholics come in and want to blame themselves, you know, about how stupid they were and how it's all my fault. And, you know, and there, we, we at the same time say it's you that's, you know, you are the problem, but you, you didn't have a say in this thing, man. Uh, this was, this happened to you. It's like getting heart disease or something, you know, you, you got it. You know, there may be some things, maybe you ate a few too many cheeseburgers, but that was what was on the plate, man. Yeah. Uh, that's what was being <laughs> served up to you, you know, you know, and, and again, is in the childhood environment, I mean, alcohol was everywhere. It yep. was everywhere. And it was, you know, where I went to the, the people that were helping raise me and everything. When I walked in, you know, there it was. And as a, as a teenager, teenager, and I mean, 14 to 16 years old, Hey, it's right there. If you want, it. you know, yep. and, but then you look around the room and everybody's got one in hand and they're sitting on the shelf. And what do you, well, you talked about the Dr. Pepper machine? Didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There it sits, you know, Full of beer. if you want it, if you want it, there it is. What do you do? And yep. these are the people that you look up to. So it's okay. There it is. I'm going to fit in. You know, you become a product of the environment and mm -hmm. that's just where it all starts. And it, but again, like you said, it's, it, it builds that perfect storm and then you just got to find a way to navigate out of it. And, uh, I'm glad I, to this day, you know, it'll be 13 years in April and thank God I found a way out of it. Cause I honest to God, the, the course I was on, it, it was killing me. I was dying from it yep. and was, you know, it, it's funny, you know, and I think we talked about this the last time, the, the irrational thoughts that we put on stuff, you know, mine was so bad, you know, like I told you before, it landed me in the hospital several times and how you can convince yourself as you get away from that little nice little scary hospital visit and hey, your blood pressure's here, you're getting ready to stroke out, yada, 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 that you go, yeah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. I survived that. And you talk yourself into this dumb stuff all over again. And, but I am more than happy with where I am in my life at this current time. Don't challenge it. Don't, don't look to, I don't question things anymore, you know, Hey, God put me on the path. You know, I'm going to follow this path. I don't, wherever it leads me, that's where I'm going. Yep. You know, puts people in your life, you know, at the oddest times, like we're talking about these guys, uh, in, in, in the back of your head, you go, this is to help me as much as it is to help them somewhere. Something was missing where I needed to sit down and have this conversation to help write me as much as help them. Yeah. 
you know, yep. and as long as you can keep passing this forward and helping people and give this stuff away, I mean, it's going to keep you out of the madness. It's going to keep you from, from going backwards, you know, the foundation and, of my life today that yep. giving this away to other people, that is the number one thing. That's where my most of my life's energy goes towards, you know, except for, you know, you got to measure in that thing that keeps the lights on and all that, but yep. uh, I had gas in the car, but other than that, those two that, and it is, and it, and it brings me a great deal of joy, period. Uh, it does. It, it does. You know, you walk away, or at least I do, you know, you walk away from those conversations and you, you feel lifted. recharged, yep. you know, lifted. Yep. You feel yep. sad. You know, you look at it and go, wow, I just really helped somebody. And then, you know, the thing is, is we have them conversations in the middle of the night and all that. And you, and you walk away from it and you think it's done, you know, and then you'll get that text message on the way home. And, you know, it's like, Hey, I really, again, want to thank you for taking the time and sitting down and, you know, and, it, and it's nothing but a thing, you know, to, or at least to me, it's not to be able to to share this stuff with people and to help people out. To me, it, it, it's it's become second nature and you really don't know the impact you're having on somebody. And then it comes back to you later mm -hmm. on. And, you know, with John, you know, he several times I've got he's like, hey, brother, I just want to thank you again. And I'm like, look, here's what I need you to do. I don't need I don't need I appreciate it but I don't need or want the thanks, but here's what I need from you. When the opportunity arises and somebody steps into your life, pay it forward. I said, that will thank me is to see you grow and get yourself in a position where you can pay it forward to someone else, get them where they need to be because they've been put in your life for a reason. And when the man upstairs sees fit to put somebody in front of you like that, seize the moment help that person out to the best of your ability. And if you don't know how to help them, Hey, my phone's always on. Yeah. Reach out, reach out. I'll, and I don't want credit for it. I'll pass you whatever I've got on that subject. And yeah, I didn't ahead. invent you know? it. It was taught to me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't take credit for any of this. You know, I don't. And this is the conversation I'm getting ready to have with these guys is y'all think I've I, like, I'm some thesaurus and I've got all this knowledge and, you know, Y'all think 20 years of leadership, I invented all this crap myself. I didn't. This was all taught to me. And yeah. and I tell them that. It's like, look, I didn't invent this. I just had some great people in my life that shared this stuff with me, and I'm sharing it with you. And, you know, again, to me, where I'm at with these guys is this is another opportunity for me to grow is to step out there and go, okay, here's the skinny on this. Here's where all this originally comes from. And you know, these three guys being put in my life is, has been a great, great experience for me. And again, it has helped me grow a lot. Uh, it's like, it's helped me take me to another level, being able to sit down and for a lack of a better term, shore these guys up where they seem to be cracking and falling in, you know, uh, getting them where they need to be and getting them to another level in their own lives. You know, uh, again, before I'd have just looked at them and went, sorry about your luck, sucks to be you, you know, sorry you got these problems and move on. You know, it's just not the guy I am anymore, or at least yeah. I like to think in my own head. I'm not much, but I'm all I think about uh, or want to talk about. And, you know, at least this way, uh, I feel like I'm helping somebody else. 
Yep. And you're sharing what's working for you, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the only thing I can really do is tell you, Hey, this is what works for me in situations like this, you know, and if it's a, you know, if it's a stuck bolt, then maybe some liquid wrench, but yeah, when you got this personal problem, this approach seems has helped for me and I'll share that with you. Yeah. And, and the thing is, Dan, I don't talk about anything that I haven't lived through, you know, because that's just speculation and conjecture at that point. If I me can't too. help, I'm not going to make nothing up, you yep. know, but uh, look at them and go, you know what? I don't know. Is there anybody else you can talk to? Because I don't have an answer for that. Or, hey, I but, know a guy that's been something through something like that. Maybe you could talk yeah, to him. That's it. You know, pass them in a direction that's going to help them out. But I mean, I just, uh, you know, is. As we navigate through this thing we call life, you know, the one thing I keep telling these guys is, is you never get through it alone. Anybody that sits out there and goes, uh, you know, I got where I'm at all by myself or I don't live paycheck to paycheck. I'll show you two liars, mm -hmm. you know, because that's just the, the facts and the reality of life. You know, we don't get anywhere without help. And that's the biggest thing with guys like you and me and the, the tables that we've set around is we've come to that realization from the people that we were before we grad, we graduated from the school of, I got this on my own to, Hey, I don't know what to do with this. Can somebody yep. help me? Yep. The old you lone know? wolf thing. And we're tribal creatures. As we have been since the beginning of time, you know, I mean, it's since something that's walked up. Well, Maybe even before we walked upright, <laughs> uh, yeah. but you know, for the best of our knowledge, we have been tribal creatures. And if you got left alone someplace back then, you were not going to survive. And, and that's kind of still what happens. You might still suck air, but you're, you're, you know, you're going to be barely on the edge of survival when it comes to what happens up here in your head and doing things I need. And I love that, that, you know, I, I didn't realize it, you know, I come dragging my rear end into there, you know, and, uh, and thinking, you know, of course it was all about me then. Right. That's really the only thing that I could think about. And the fact of the matter is there was this whole group of people who wanted to be my friend and all I had to do is show up and introduce myself. You know? That's it. <laughs> and then I had this whole giant bunch of buddies and friends and the fellowship around me. And it was just, it was like, it was, it's waiting on you. If you're out there and you're hesitating to do, you know, to take that step of, uh, of walking in one of these rooms, asking for help. That's my best way to describe it. There's a whole group of friends out there just waiting for you to show up. And, you know, I uh, heard, uh, Bob Darrell talking about and buddy of mine, Travis told me, you know, I said, you know, this is the only place where you can really be stinking the joint up, man. I mean, you are just laying turds all the time and you walk in there and share it with us and we're going to clap for you and we're going to give you a token and we're going to, we're going to celebrate your arrival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it's amazing that, you know, Again, that, that lone wolf syndrome where we think it's just, oh, it's just me. You know, ain't nobody else out here like this. It's just me. You know, it, I'll, I'll fight to the death to get through this on my own. And the moment that you can humble yourself and go, hey, look, uh, what do you know? The better off you are. Yeah. You know, because ever it, it, it's funny, you know. You walk in those rooms and you, you know, you're scared to death to talk about it at first because you know. I'm the only one that's been through this. And then you sit and you hear the stories and you hear, they go, I did that. I did that. Well, wow, there's other people that did this dumb stuff too. Really? You know, how could this be? Identification. A, how, could, 
yeah, how could this be a worldwide thing? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. how could there be this many people out here that's just been this much of a train wreck for this many years? You know, and, and they uh, look real happy today. That was yeah. another thing I was really surprised about. I'm like, you know, this, this bunch of people are, they're talking, they got this thing, same thing I got, and they're that happy. How do I get that? Yeah. How do I get from where I'm at, you know, miserable sitting in my own mess to get to that? And, you know, you just, it's all, it, 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 you just practice. That's all it is, is you just practice and you practice it every day, you know. Am I going to mess this situation up by sticking my hands in it or do I just let it go? You know, and it all boils down to that. Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Yeah. You know, but I can great. concern with this situation to where I want to, it comes out to where I'm right, or I just shut my mouth and I want to be happy and just keep moving, you know? And it's, it's for lack of a better term, it is just about dumbing things down in life to the simplistic stuff that we should have been doing as a child and applying that to our adult selves and walking through life. Yeah. You know, it just makes it so much easier. But, you know, over the past two years, got no regrets, got no real life major issues. Like I said, this was, knew this was coming, you know, uh, knew this was going to be a setback. Uh, Hopefully I get on the other side of this and there's no other issues. You know, you touched on it and brought it up. The doc brought it up. We're going to take a look at the back. We did do an MRI uh, at the beginning of this uh, on my back because we were wondering if the neuropathy that was there at the outset of this was going to be lingering after the fact or this was just all from the damage. And for the most part, it seems like it's all good. It's not as bad as it was from the start, but we'll get to the other side of this and we'll see if anything else has got to be done because the MRI didn't reveal anything. Mm, good. And one of the things that we did was, uh, or that they did, I just was the guinea pig in, is they took a six-inch needle and drove it into the joint and shot it up with a lidocaine mixture because they mm -hmm. wanted to see, they wanted to separate the paint what was caused by the, the degenerated joint with all the arthritis and all that and where the neuropathy was coming from. It seemed, and I'm not going to talk too loud. It seemed like it straightened out like 90% of the issues, but we get this femoral nerve freed up on a consistent basis. Then we'll see where we're really at because that was one of the things he brought up when I was in the last time. Hey, look, you know, your back's not, I know that, but you know, let's get past this first. But, uh, again, you know, for the most part, it's been a real positive experience. Like I said, the, the normal things that came with it were there, knew it going in, you know, knew there would be the, the depression aspects, knew there'd be the setbacks there. There would be the, the read default, you know, the default settings of God, I, you know, I suck at this. I can't, you know, how do I get past, you know, get out of my own head with it. And, but again, put the things that put the tools to use, get, to the other side as quickly as you can don't let it set in don't let it get a grip on you and keep moving yep yep that's amazing difference between medicine you know they used to lay you up when you had something done and they found out you know and now they they get you moving you know and and that's a, a human condition too you know uh i watch my dad move and move and move and move and i know he does that because he knows if he slows down at his age you're not getting that back 
Uh, oh, that's a back can do that. And it's really no different at 54 as it is at 86. Uh, gotta, you, I, I, I just stay mobile and keeping active and staying somewhat fit is, uh, critical piece of my recovery too. And that didn't come anywhere in the teachings really that I got from the rooms, but that happened to me. The, the, the self-awareness that this was something that was needing to be important to keep my quality of life going. Uh, I coach people to, I add in physical stuff in my 12 step work. I can't really enforce it and I don't really, but I'll tell them you're going to get a lot better. If you'll start getting some exercise, you'll start feeling better faster. You're going to, uh, and, and if it means a walk around the block or a mid gym membership or what will you pick? I don't care, but get up and get to moving and doing something. You will feel better faster. You're absolutely right. And that's the one of the things that, you know, that Tracy and I came to an agreement on. I was like, look, I'm going to talk to the therapist. I'm going to ask them what I can do, what I'm allowed to do. And, you know, I'm not going to push it, but I'm going to ask. And to to watch her, and, and I mean, I don't mean anything bad by this, but at the early onset, it was, yeah, the more you move, the more you stand, we got to get your strength back. So then I slipped back into that. I'm going to help out around the house stuff. So, you know, I come out with my, my little walker and everything, and I go to the kitchen sink, and I get that, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to pitch in and do some dishes and everything. And I get that look. And then I get, really, or should you be? And I'm like, look, I'm just trying to help out a little bit. I'm told to go until it starts talking to me, and then I'll go lay down, you know, but you're right, and especially the way I'm built, not just physically, but mentally, is I have to be moving. I have to be on the move. The days that this lays me up and I just lay in the bed and you know do my little leg exercises and all that, I feel like crap. I do. I you know I I don't feel like I function. I don't feel like I'm productive. I don't feel like I'm I'm helping out. I feel like I'm dumping stress on everybody else. So I've got to get up and move. A little bit you know yesterday i was under the weather i didn't feel like i felt like crap all day i just mm. don't know what it is you know we wake up feeling like that and i still got up walked out tried to do dishes i got that what are you doing at least promise me you're gonna you'll take a break you don't feel good and everything i'm like i just got to get my heart pumping i've got to get in dan you know this it, it not just in this condition, but on day to days when we get into that self funk, you start getting in your own head over stuff. And, you know, you, you got to find ways to get out of it. And for me to get out of it, part of it is to feel productive, get up and do mm -hmm. a couple of things, get up and contribute, you know, yep. and you get out of your own head faster because you're focused on something else, you know, and, you know, I Go ahead. I did the silliest thing the other day, and uh, and it was just one of these things. And I was needing to clip my toenails, and I wasn't paying attention, and I ripped one off. And you know, it wasn't no big deal. It's a little bit of blood. I just antiseptic and everything. And the next morning, I woke up, and the end of that toe was red hot. Ooh. And my dad just went through this thing not long ago, and he is not diabetic. I got to preface it with that, where he had done the same thing, and he had heard his, he'd had a little 
cut on the bottom of a foot on the bottom of his big toe and it wouldn't heal. And he ended up in the wound care center with a cast on his foot for about six weeks where they would go and take that cast off and then redress it and put the cast back on it. And, and, and that, so you know what my brain does the minute my toes oh, yeah. infected, you know, I've already got a cast and I'm laid up for two months now, uh, you know, <laughs> instantly. But the other thing about that is, is, uh, one of the things dad didn't do is they told him to stay off of it for a little bit, rest it and stay off of it. And he didn't, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> and, and I laid up for a couple of days this week, you know, it was between Christmas and New Year's. I treated it and I sit still, but like, then I get like it, when it comes to bedtime, I can't sleep. I haven't done a lick all day long. I haven't right. inserted any and i was up tossing and turning then i got to revamp my whole routine to get myself back into sleeping and my toes okay now but it's just those little mind games and little things you know straight from zero to a hundred about what's going on and then the repercussions of that sitting around uh ended up being maybe as bad as the infection in itself because uh i had i wrecked my sleep schedule for a few days from getting no exertion I got to get to moving. I got to do stuff. When I laid in my head to bed at bed at night, I want I like to be a little bit wore out. <laughs> I want to know I, I did do. something today. You know, and that, and that's the thing. You know, where I had this little setback and everything, I've stayed up out of the gym. You know, the the older, the dumber me would have already been back in there and pushing and trying to go. But again, I said I still got that fear of this thing, to where it's just like, okay, I know what this did. Uh, and again. You run it past people that know these things. Went into therapy and went, hey, look, this is what it did to me. They're like, well, you might want to switch them days up. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. You know, back-to-back mm-hmm. -back pressure in the wrong point. Yeah, it didn't really dawn on me, you know, because I know what I'm doing in there. <laughs> and, you know, so now it's we'll switch this up. And then, you know, starting, uh, you know, I told Tracy, I said, tomorrow, if I feel better, meaning, you know, uh, Saturday, if I feel better. I'll go in there. I'll give it a try. We'll see what it does. Uh, if it starts talking to me, just sit everything down and walk away from it. But, you know, I'm on that aspect of, you know, I'm 55, be 56 in March. Uh, not to to get over melodramatic with everything. The life expectancy of the men, and I think we talked about this once before, the men in my family is 72. You know, I, I know I'm going to lose this battle, but Father Time and I are going to fight this one all the way to the end. And I feel like I'm shortchanging myself if I'm not in there exercising, trying to keep myself not only physically healthy, because, and again, we, we've touched on this. That's where I do a lot of my spiritual work is in that gym, mm -hmm. you know, until Preston started coming in there with me in Thanksgiving. And I still work it in in between uh, discussions with him. I, I do a lot of prayer work in there. I try to make sure that I'm still spiritually fit and work on that and, and keep that aspect flowing because that's a big part of this, you know, and I still, to this day, I, I know I've talked a lot of positivity on in, in this uh, today with you, but, you know, I still got my shortcomings, you know, I struggling with acceptance is still my big thing, mm. still my big thing. And I, I work on this, day in and day out because there's still a lot of unresolved issues in my life. And in some of them, you know, some of them I'm not going to get answers to. And being able to come to grips with that is a big thing. You know, uh, we, we, uh, if memory serves me, you know, we talked about my relationship with my dad, mm -hmm. uh, 
how ugly that was at points and everything. And dad and I were just getting it right and getting on that path to patching up everything between us when he passed away. There's still a lot of un, unanswered questions. There. And you, you know, did I get this to a point with him to where we were all square? Did I get this to a point with him to where he really accepts me for who I am? Uh, did I get to that point to where I made him proud? And it's, those answers are never coming. Or they may not. Yeah. I don't, you know, but I got to be prepared for them not to. And you, you just got to learn how to deal with that. And, you know, it, time heals, but it don't heal everything. Yep. Right. And there's that's holes one left the, in our, in us from the lose loss of things and that stuff that may not ever get filled. They just, yeah. And, you know, with him not walking this planet anymore, you know, you do, you do the best you can with it. Yep. And so, you know, I, mean, I don't I, know what's next. Uh, maybe there yeah. is something next where I'll get that answer. I don't know, but I need to be yeah. prepared for maybe not. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I had that discussion with my stepmom from time to time, you know, God love Sherry who came into his life for the, the last eight years of it. It made him happier than I'd ever seen him. And, mm. you know, uh, you think as time passes, this gets easier. And for some reason, this one don't. Mm. This one seems to get worse as it goes on. But, you know, what do you do? You know, you can't fix it. You know, you pray on it. You look for the answers in it. Uh, you just hope that you did the best you could there at the end of it and to make everything. It was God's plan. It, it, it ended where it was supposed to. Uh, you just hope you did enough good work there at the end of it, you know? And again, like I said, the only way you get to the other side of this, and like I said, struggling with acceptance in everything I do, you know, from the job to relationships to uh, trying to be the best possible man you can be. And sometimes that means walking away from things. You know, you leave them where they lay. You know, Tracy and I had a discussion the other day, uh, you know, my relationships with my kids suck. You know, you and I talked about that and uh, my son's gone through some just from social media. I don't want to cast aspersions that he and I talk because we don't uh, I follow him on social media. And he's gone through some really tough times this year from his health to other things that he lets leak out in you know, I've reached out to him and reached out to him and reached out to him, and it all is just falling on deaf ears. Mm. You know, and part of this, you know, I've been told several times by my sponsor that, you know, it's just, Brian, sometimes to be the best dad you can be is just not be there. And, you know, you, you check in once in a while and you let them know that that door is open, that if they ever want to talk, that you're there. And, I sat down with Tracy at Christmas time because I've always reached out at birthdays, Christmases, and you know, the traumatic events. And hey, look, I'm here. You know, you if you if you want to key words, you know, not I'm trying to force my way back into your life or anything like that because I understand how you feel about all this. And I sat down several times and typed out on my notepad, you know, a Christmas message and all that. And finally, I sat down with Tracy and I went, hey. 
let me ask you something. Here's where I'm at. And here's how I'm feeling. And do I continue to do this or do I finally just let this sleeping dog lie and allow it to happen how it's supposed to happen? Because I feel like I'm pushing. I feel like it's I've crept into that fix, manage, and control because I want it. And now it's it's got to be, do they want it? And came to the resolution and I, I just didn't send it. You know, it's I, I've the last one I sent to him, hey, the door's open, my phone number's not changed, you know. And again, it's that acceptance thing. You know, I know I wrecked it, but you come to a realization that sometimes you just got to go, it's out of my hands. Yeah. It's going to happen if it's supposed to happen. It's going to come around if it's supposed to come around, and there's nothing I could do with it but make it worse. Yeah. You know, not that I didn't make it bad enough from the start, but you keep going. I got, you know, you just feel like you're just going to make the situation worse. You just let it go. Yeah. Well, the pinnacle of powerlessness is our children. Yep. Uh, I didn't even know what that word meant when I got here and, uh, and I was taught and then I realized, you know, and that's really where that's actually was kind of a, uh, a bell ringer moment for me. It was realizing the powerlessness I have with my children, uh, kind of put it all into perspective. Yeah, it, and, uh, and it does. You know, well, I told you the doorknob story. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. when, when, when yeah. the doorknob's got more power than you, yeah, yeah. you start to yeah. realize things. Right. You know, yeah, but yeah, it's my, just. Uh, I run my kids off for a while. And I, um, they were scared to live with me, and they were right at a certain point in time. And they went to their mother, and it, and they stayed there, and pretty much stayed there. Now we're just a three miles apart from one another, but uh, uh, and we're good. We're great you know there's never been an issue really since as they've grown and i've they you know we get time to demonstrate that we have changed you know and that takes time it doesn't doesn't make any difference what i say right uh it takes yep. it take it matters what i do and after a sufficient whatever you know it's going to be different for everybody a sufficient period of demonstration that i have changed and i'm a different man today uh they came around you know and they they do that and their mom uh, is putting her house up for sale and has moved into an apartment. And now I got them. They're both here with me today. And uh, that just happened just a few weeks ago. And and I really like it. Uh, I like having them here. They're, they're 18 and 20. And, uh, you know, you know, this thing with my daughter is tough. Uh, I'm glad, you know, uh, recovery lives here. Yeah. Recovery lives here. And it's a good place to live <laughs> if that is your problem. And, uh and yeah, uh, it's just cool. I'm uh, I take that blessing, you know, dad here and both the kids, and you know, even on Christmas Eve, I fix dinner and their mother come over, and we're on good, you know, great terms now. You know, it's all good. You know, it all it didn't, you know, didn't didn't come back together the way it was, but the healing is in full effect, and uh, it's one of the bigger miracles in my life is to have that back, and uh, and and I don't know what's going to happen with my daughter. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, gotta give her her journey, you know, and I can guide and I can, you know, again, like what you said, you know, about your thing about how much to put in is the same struggle when they're in my home, right? <laughs> I have to gauge and ascertain and ask God for help on how much input I'm to, I'm to give, uh, surely some, but where's that line, right? Right. And, uh, and, and, and I trust that, you know, that intuition and, and that comes to me, this sixth sense and these, this better way of living has given me a better way of thinking 
that I can uh, do that in a healthy manner today and and not cause you know not cause more problems. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, I feel for you, Dan, because I mean that's got to be a, a a tough place to be in right now. You know, uh, seeing her go through that, and I mean, you've walked the path. You know, you know where it all leads to, and that's got to be a huge struggle for you to see her going through it, going, "Hey, I got that answer. I got that answer." And, but you don't know whether you need to step into that or not or go, okay, you got to live this. I'm here if you need it. You yeah. know, I, today I, don't, I have I said enough. She, I yeah. have laid down the tools and pointed and I've done enough. You know, the, the, the proverbial kid of spiritual tools are at her feet. And now that's up to her yeah. uh, to what she's going to do with it. But, uh, you know, and she's, uh, stabilized. Let me say that, you know, so one thing, at least for the time being, you know, the times and a little bit funny about talking about it on air, but I'm pretty open book. The times of, uh, when, when I knew she was actively using those pills and couldn't do anything about it, you know, I could go in there and take them all. I could raid her room and take all of them, but that would do nothing. Right. She just go get more. You yeah. Know? You'll drive her right back out into it. Yeah. Even worse. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, there was a time when I'd started to do that and I was like, well, okay, here, you know, that's it. And, but those drugs are the deadly thing, man. And, uh, yeah. uh, the nightmares of not being able to wake up your daughter in the morning and some of that shit that come through, uh, and, and going in there and looking at her in her bed to see if she's breathing, uh, having Narcan on board, uh, in the truck and in the house and all that, you know, I'd have never thought I was going to be doing that. And, uh, but you know, once again, uh, I like one line I heard somebody say, you know, Sometimes here in recovery, we do hard shit. Yeah, we do. And, and, and that's just it. Uh, we can walk through it and, 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 you know, life's not going to be all roses and rainbows. No, it's not. You know. And that's where the, the real power of this comes in is when it's hard. It's easy when things are going great. It's easy. This recovery life is real easy when things are going great. <laughs> when the <laughs> tough times in the road, you apply what you've learned, you know? And, uh, we see people do that, demonstrate it time and time again, hanging out in the rooms. You know, so, some people are going through something hard if you're not. <laughs> yeah, at some point, it's going to be your turn in your the barrel. <laughs> and yep. then it's time for you to demonstrate the uh, power of this stuff. And the fact of the matter is, uh, this, you know, I've, we got, uh, you had talked about a, a Mike J last time, but there's two of them. We have another one in our group. Uh, and he has, uh, lost his third. We went, me and a sponsee drove down to Simpsonville yesterday. He had, uh, lost his 37 year old son to this disease. And, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, right here at Christmas time. And then I got another person that was in the, you know, we're doing that. You were talking about this, these 12 steps working, you know, this, this philosophy working for everybody. And, you know, Christopher and I have been doing that for the past five years. I've been having these meetings for people who don't qualify for the other rooms uh and try to give this thing away and um we had a gal there and uh she went back home to an abusive relationship that man beat her into unconsciousness with a hammer and she passed away the day before yesterday and it just you know it's uh, those reminders and that that living in this element uh it's almost warlike it's almost, you know, so there's somebody, I, I say this over and over again, somebody a degree or two or three away from me dies every week from from the results of this, whether if it's a drinking and driving or like um, Mike's son just basically drank till his organs shut down and it was too late. 
and to the domestic violence that occurs, you know, and the stats say, you know, I don't know, like 90% or something, 95% of domestic violence is wrapped around alcohol. Uh, you know, and just, it's, it's, you know, and you try to like, you know, the, the biggest thing is that not the biggest, but one of the big things is, is like when somebody is really hurting and they're in that pain, like selling them this way of life, I'm saying, you know, I know this works. It will work for you too. Uh, but if they're not ready, they're not ready. And it doesn't make any difference what I say. Um, yep. But I do know for a fact, if you'll come in here and pick up these tools and say it, Probably every podcast says, you know, I can guarantee you that if you will work these steps and practice these principles in your daily life the best you can, your life is going to get better. It just will. It will. You know, and I I had a, a friend I used to work with back when I was up there, and I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, he's in the program with us, and uh, he reached out to me around Christmas time. And uh, in his message, he made the comment that, I accidentally and was embarrassed that I slipped up and told you I had this problem. Mm-hmm. Like, brother, don't ever be embarrassed. You know, don't ever be embarrassed that you slipped up. Cause he goes, I had no idea that you, until we started talking. And I'm like, look, man, all I'm telling you is I'm here for you. You know, don't ever be embarrassed because, you know, for some reason, for reasons unknown, you let it out. Whether it was a need or you were moved in that direction, you felt safe enough to go, Hey, Brian, here's the deal. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and I'm honored it, when somebody does that. It's an honor yeah, to it, me. It triggered a serious conversation between the two of us. And, you know, and we've kept in touch ever since, even though he's, you know, three States away, you know, ever so I can tell when he's struggling because he'll reach out. Hey man, how you doing? Mm, yeah. And I never asked that question. What's wrong. Hey man, I'm good. What's going on in your world? You know? Yep. Yeah. It's amazing how we solve the problems that way. And it's just, uh, and, and again, sincerely, I, I'm grateful for what you do. You know, you. I, I, I catch them and, and read them from time to time. And, you know, uh, it's you know, having guys like you out there that do this on a consistent basis. You know, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, often lives pass. It's amazing probably without you even knowing how many lives you saved doing this, you know. Thank you. You know. Yep. And uh, it's in my heart. I want again, I, like I said earlier about my well, ton of my life's energy goes towards carrying this message in whatever way I get nudged to do. Yep. And, uh, you know, this is we'll we'll go into. Well, this will this will come out Sunday, so it'll be the first uh, podcast of the year. And that'll be beginning season six. So I've been that'll be heading into six years of doing these things. And uh, and um just another way for, I always say, God keeps on giving me unique ways to participate in my recovery. And, yeah. uh, uh, this, and this is fun. This is the same thing. It's like when you carry the message to somebody else, it lifts me when I do this, uh, lifts my spirit. Anytime I'm doing anything 12 step oriented, uh, I feel better after the fact I feel good. It's always about, you know, recharging the batteries and, you know, keeping your own tank full, you know, yep. Yep. I'm getting ready to go do some more of that here in just a little bit. Well, I still, you know, I got that place in the country, that cabin and, yeah. um, and my bags are, are packed. I got a neighbor down the road that wants a little quick handyman job. It won't take me long, but I'll run down there and do that for him here in a minute. And I'm packing my bags and, uh, heading down there for Friday and Saturday. I invited the kids and they've been coming with me a lot, actually a lot more. My son, another, another blessing this year, 
hunted with my son when he was little, you know, when they kind of didn't have no choice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Going with dad. <laughs> they went volunteered, but they, uh, yeah. And uh, and then as through teenage years, you know, he completely lost interest in all that. And this year uh, when he's like a. He's kind of a, almost a, you going hunting this year, dad? Well, of course I am, you know? Uh, okay. um, and so he's been going down there and hanging out for a weekend and chasing deer around and hanging out at the cabin. And, uh, that that's coming back together. And whether if he wants to, you know, I told him, you, you know, you can just come hang out. Don't make any difference to me. That's pretty much all I'm doing. I'm just pretending to hunt. I'm just recharging my batteries to come circle around where you were saying, cause that's a place that does that for me. Uh, go out there in the quiet, no cell phones and nothing, you know, uh, there's a big insulation blanket out there where I can go recharge my batteries and read a book and walk around and watch nature and um, get the, get that piece. Because it's, a you know, as times went by, it's an integral piece of me. And I found that that self-awareness that we get from doing this walk that I know that. And now it's up to me to make sure I uh, take care of Dan. Yep. I, uh, I got an uncle and a cousin that go down and spend New Year's Eve there. They have about every, I don't know, past bunch of years. And they, they're like, can we, you know, uh, and you're welcome <laughs> and to come. And I do, I do. I enjoy it. I go down there and we hang out. But for whatever reason, they're doing it Saturday night this year and pretending that's uh, New Year's Eve. And that's okay with me, too. Uh, I'm going to go down there and get some solitude time uh today and tomorrow until they get there and that's what that's that's important to me that i get some of that solitude uh it's not isolation it's solitude yeah there's a big big difference big now. difference yeah, yeah. but oh, awesome but no, man yeah you know it's just it, we just keep pushing we just keep moving on you know yep and i like you know as this podcast carries on i would like to do these continuations because that you know what was important something was important to me that i didn't really realize the importance of it till later you know uh, I, what i see is in the rearview mirror <laughs> you know i can't see forward i don't know what's going to happen out there uh but it, i was seeing people say keep coming back and i heard that yeah that's cute keep coming back and yeah. uh but you know as i bounced in and out of aa for those years those people kept, they were still there, you know, they were, they were not only just saying that they were doing it yep. and, uh, these follow-up stories and touching base on what's going on and showing that these tools continue to work. And, uh, is this thing that I want to start getting a little, uh, you know, I love the newcomer stories. I love a guy when he's one year sober and he's, <laughs> his whole life is just completely tornado changed whirlwind, not tornado, tornado's the other thing, whirlwind yeah. change in a matter of a, of a year's time. I love that. But it's just as important as these people who are continuing to carry this message and going through stuff that's not easy and demonstrating that, that that can be done, that we can go through. We do hard shit here and we can come out the other side of it. And, uh, for the better usually. And, uh, so it's one of the reasons why I want to make sure and I'm, I'm 2024. I'm going to go circle back and touch base with some people that have been on the show in the past. Well, and there will I be some of them, man. some of them you know? won't respond to me. You know, <laughs> there's going to be some. Yeah, that's true. You're, not everybody makes it. Nope. I keep no, the home group don't. list. I keep the home group list and this time of year I go back and go through it and see, look, and I, I was like about who I haven't seen in a long time. And I reach out to them and see what's up. 
And do they want to continue to be on the home group list? What are you doing? Hey, how's life treating you? And, you know, I know what that means when I don't get a response. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I know you. Now I'm not talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's 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 part of this too, man. And I try to keep that friendly and light, and know know they're still welcome, and uh, you know, uh, I'll help anybody in whatever way that I can possibly do that. That's it. So cool, brother. Was well, good catching up with you, man. And uh, absolutely, I do like uh, you know that little that little. A lot of people cuss at social media, and I hear some people. My sponsor's not; he's kind of down on it too, you know. But but I've cultivated mine into a way that enriches my life. Yep. And uh, and and you're a piece of that. I appreciate that. You know, I that it's you know where you're all way up there, and I'm down here, and you know it's nice to be able to to keep up with somebody and see what's going on in their lives and see the positivity that goes on with it all, and you know. Uh, like on the first one, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay connected to anybody or anything that's going to keep that going forward. You know, uh, it's just, uh, not for nothing to get a, a guy I became friends with through another friend on social media, uh, his brother all the way out in Utah, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, <clears throat> he was a cancer survivor. And like I said, I, when you become, humble in everything you'll feed off of anything and that was part of my story on, on the first time when we talked and you know it, i still stay connected to him and uh because he was a cancer survivor i'm like hey how did you handle this mm -hmm. and well here well i appreciate you asking here's what i did you know and i applied that to my life and you know last night just ball game was on they're from a certain state but now he lives out in utah and you know that's what we keep up with each other. We stay connected through sports. And I'm like, hey, man, good win for you all last night. And he reaches back out and, you know, hey, yeah, it was. And but we trade a few stories. And, you know, uh, as long as it's positive, I'll stay connected to it, you know. Yep. And, yep. Uh, I have over the years and, and not ashamed to say it, but uh, there's some people that I came up through this program with that I was connected on social media with that I've kind of – pushed to the side because the negativity that starts to come out and everything's like, look, I don't, I just don't need to see that or hear that yep. every day, you know, and, uh, there you go. Yep. And that's the same thing. You know, if it's, uh, you said every day, you know, everybody's going to have a moment now I'm going to grant you that, but if this becomes yeah. a pattern, I'm going to insulate myself a bit. Yep. You know, I'll just, you know, I'll mute them or whatever. It's just like, I, or, you know, it's got that 30 day thing. I was like, yeah, yep. I just, you go do you for about 30 days. We'll see what happens when it pops back up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cause I, I just don't, I don't need that in my, my day to day life, you know? Yep. Yep. I'll try to uh, carry a positive message today. Oh, I, I like to, I, uh, tenth step. I look behind me as I move from location to location in my daily walk and see if I left good juju behind or bad juju behind and see what, you know, and I, I want, you know, I, I'm not, as all of us, I'm human. I'm not going to hit a home run every time, but I try to do that. And that's my, uh, that's certainly not the man that I was before. Absolutely. I'll take a ground rule double every once in a while, you know? Amen. <laughs> Good oh, deal, damn. man. Well, I'm on to bounce to next, man. We've been on here an hour and 40 minutes. This Good will Lord. come out Sunday morning. 
Okay. So uh, I've been trying to do just in time deliveries for podcasts most of this time because I don't I don't know something funny about when you're talking it don't come. I've been on some podcasts where my you know my episode didn't come out for two months or something. It's like, well, man, that's stale by now. There's a lot to happen. Uh, but anyway, it's going to come out Sunday morning. So those people that you want to share it with, uh, <laughs> please do so. I will. And uh, appreciate you. I always close this thing up with a couple things. If you're not right, having, yeah. if you're not having a blast in your recovery, you're not doing something right. And I just want to thank everybody out there for allowing Brian and I to participate in our recoveries in this manner today. Peace out. <laughs>